September 26th and 27th is the third annual Manitoba Podcast Festival. This year's event takes place exclusively online, and you can participate for free. Visit the Manitoba Podcast Festival on social media for more information as we get closer to the date. Brand new release from Winnipeg's The Gumshoe Strut is available now. The Heartbeat EP is the local MC slash producer's first solo release in 10 years, and he returns with a fiery display of raw emotion set to a wavy, hot-blooded soundscape. You can get the Heartbeat EP now on digital, cassette, or CD at thegumshoestrut.bandcamp.com. Hey folks, this is Monty from the band Loiter here. Just wanted to personally invite you down to the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue in front of the new Best Western Premier Hotel. At Beer Boutique, we specialize in local craft beer and carry a large selection of coolers and ciders. We've also recently expanded our gluten-free options. Next time you're in the area, be sure to stop by and say hi. We love talking local brews and local tunes. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! All right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. This is uh, probably the most uh, ridiculous episode I've done in a while. If you've been listening to the podcast lately, you know I've been doing uh, Zoom calls, kind of one-on-one or one-on-two with local bands and uh, people connected to the local music scene. This is a conversation with most of the members of a band that has not played a show since, what, 2003 or something? Um, This is uh, the Grandpa's Army reunion podcast, and... For context, Grandpa's Army is a band that no one really cared about in the first place. It was a, uh, a ska band that existed from 1998 to 2000. Uh, all of us were in it. And for the past 20 years, we've kind of propagated this idea that it's meaningful or somehow relevant to people uh, who have come along since. So I don't know who's going to listen to this, but I hope they enjoy it. And I think that the best way to get this started is if everyone just introduces themselves and what they played in the band, because this is a lot of people uh, on one screen here. So I'm obviously Sam, if you listen to the show. Uh, I played guitar poorly in Grandpa's Army, and let's just uh, throw it out there to whoever wants to talk. How do I mute you? (laughs) (laughs) Well, then, maybe that's a good way. Let's start with you, Johnny. Who are you and what did you do in this band? Uh, yeah, Johnny Perrin, and I was the uh, vocalist uh, that I vocalist, uh, <laughs> the singer. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember. Like, I probably remembered what, like, twenty percent of the lyrics. Sounds about right. Time. <laughs> yeah, awesome. yeah. Who's next? Don't rush to introduce yourselves. Morgan Jones. I played the trombone poorly. Like it most I think there's like a there, there's definitely a theme here. We were all very bad, <laughs> except, except except for Mark, who is yeah. who is far more talented. Yes, and Golden was good, and Golden was Great. good, also. of course. And wait, I was yeah. I was not. No, I, <laughs> I object. Well, maybe Goldwyn introduce, introduce yourself because we just said you I'm Goldwyn and I played drums poorly in Grappa's Army. <laughs> <laughs> this is perfect. Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's just throw it down to the uh, bottom of my screen, which is Erica. You want to introduce yourself? Uh, I'm Erica Jacobson. I played trumpet for a short period of time with Grandpa's Army. Awesome. What were you, Doug? Yeah, Doug played uh, bass. Founding member. Later replaced. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's accurate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what about uh, James? Yeah, I'm James Okuma, and I played tenor sax. I came in not at the beginning, but I was there till the end. Cool. 
And then Alex, who is, uh, this was your, Alex's idea, so you can all blame him uh, for this ridiculousness. But uh, yeah, let's, let's hear who you are. Uh, yeah, play keyboards and pilfered the money. <laughs> a small amount live of from Live from your remote Bali location. Yeah, yeah. So, so <laughs> the, the, the only reason there's any kind of relevance to doing this, other than it's just fun to kind of like reconnect with people, is that 20 years ago next month was the, you know, first last Grandpa's Army show. We played our last show ever, or it was supposed to be our last show ever, on uh, Scalloween in... I kind of cringe even saying Scalloween. It sounds so lame now. Uh, uh, <laughs> at the West End Cultural Center, uh, you know, in Winnipeg, obviously, uh, on October 31st or somewhere thereabouts, 2000. So obviously, you know, most of us hopefully have gone on to bigger and better things, whether it's playing music, whether it's, you know, starting families, having careers, you know, having nine guitars in one room, whatever it is, like, <laughs> we, we've all gone on to something else. So I think that maybe the only way to really talk about this, this band in context is, like... Obviously, I think Alex and I have been the ones doing the most uh, propagating the myth of this band <laughs> having any kind of relevance. But for the rest of you, like, you know, over the years, we made a documentary about it. You've seen, like, constant, like, oh, here's a show poster from this day 10 years ago or whatever. Like, what do you think about this ridiculous kind of uh, forcing Grandpa's Army onto people still to this day? Uh, I think I, I think it's great. Um, it was such a fun <laughs> time in, in our lives, uh, and I, we, you know, we didn't take it seriously at all. Uh, and I think that's part of the beauty of, uh, you know, us sort of. Uh, obviously, we haven't kept in touch all of us, um, uh, but it's just hilarious how it never ever just goes away. There's always this. Either someone's talking about it, or Sam. I mean, that's usually you. Probably, yeah. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah, yeah. But it's great. I mean, it, you know, like I said, it was a really fun time in our lives, and uh, we all had a great time doing it. Uh, and so it's just, it, I think it's a, you know, I'm, I'm sort of thankful that it never goes away fully. It's, uh, it's, it's quite, uh, it's quite hilarious. Every other band I've ever been in, it's like echoes of the past, and for some reason. <laughs> The first band that most of us were ever in is still being talked about 22 years later. <laughs> we'll talk about by like a couple of us, but yeah, yes, yes, it, it does no, exist. No, 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 hold on. I have an obscure reference. Okay. Our, um, my wife Arlie was talking to someone who was like, "Yeah, once upon a time, I was at this random show at the West End Cultural Center, and these guys had a fucking toaster on the stage." <laughs> and and. and and Arlie happened to remember from James and I talking shit about ourselves that yeah. that was one of our famous shows where we had a guest toaster, which was in fact a toaster. So Arlie actually ran into someone who was at that show. I don't remember that at all. It's it's on video. It's, it, yeah. it was documented. Yeah, it was a guy I went to. Uh, this was another reunion <laughs> show. It was a guy I went to college with who wanted to be part of it, and uh, he doesn't play any instruments or wasn't in the band. So we gave him literally a toaster to throw toast to the audience. I think we got yelled. I at. feel it. Like, I feel like that says something about our antics if like the time we brought a toaster on stage and threw toaster in the audience johnny's like i yeah, don't know okay <laughs> that happened maybe i don't know yeah yeah and, it, and, it, and it's like you know you're like oh should we keep forcing ourselves on people it's like we were doing it then so when I do it now, I guess. why should we stop now yeah. I, I actually talked to somebody on the flip side who was working sound at the west end at that time and also referenced that show and they were like i hated doing sound and <laughs> was playing and they were like i wanted to throw them out that night because so, i think you see in the video they turn off the lights i think they do that. yeah and they're yelling stop throwing toast or something <laughs> yeah 
Yeah. <laughs> pretty ridiculous. But I think the one thing I like about the kind of constant propagation of this band is that we all acknowledge that it was bad. Like, I, I think if, if, if I had been sitting here, like, telling everyone about it all the time and, like, posting videos and stuff and thinking it was actually, like, some kind of musical genius, then that would be different. But it's kind of like, this is this fun thing we did. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. Like, why not just pretend it's important, I guess? So, I like, I appreciate that everyone's on the same page here that it was a shitty band. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, like, like um, some of the, some of the songs that were written, like the horn parts, they were, they were really well-written songs. Um, they were just performed poorly. <laughs> <laughs> well, or they would just be, like, changed randomly by Will and, like, but well done. But, like, I, we were not investing the time to practice enough to get them right. Right. No, no, yeah. never. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think another funny thing about it too, I, in rewatching the documentary, which is another just absolutely ridiculous thing we did, is the the fact that like not everyone in the band even liked listening to ska. <laughs> and, like, I think Erica, I think in that in the documentary, you blatantly say like, yeah, you didn't even you didn't even like it. So, uh, well, I didn't. Yeah, no, I didn't even know what ska was when I joined Grandpa's Army. <laughs> like, so does anyone actually still listen to ska at this point? I mean, I kind of do still, which I guess is not surprising to anyone. But like, what about the rest of you? Do you is it just completely gone from your from your lives? Like, thankfully, at this point, oh, pretty much. I mean, I'm I'm really into like '80s and '90s soft rock nowadays, like um, uh, <laughs> like Christopher Cross and Michael McDonald, and you know, just just some sweet Sting is amazing. Uh, but uh, uh, yeah, no, uh, yeah, but I mean, that funny, Desert like, Rose gets you every time. Yeah, like, even, <laughs> I think I think I like ska for like the first maybe three months of the band and then i very quickly discovered hardcore and punk rock and i was like because i mean even when even during grandpa's army i had joined uh a punk band uh with other high school friends yeah that's right Um, and i was very sort of i was going down that road of of hardcore and punk and and so even even while the band even while grandpa's army was going on uh oh what the hell just happened the hell's going on my computer's glitching um how do i get video back i don't know what you did johnny but just keep talking keep talking you say you, you sound is still coming through oh okay cool um anyways uh, uh yeah uh i didn't really like ska for <laughs> <laughs> the end but i was like this is boring as shit <laughs> <laughs>
time though right like they, we, we kind of caught the end of that, that that third wave of it where it was actually a popular I mean there are bands like the Planet Smashers would come through town and they you know like we'd all have their stupid t-shirts and they, yeah, yeah. they'd get like hundreds and hundreds of people at their shows like it was a, it was yeah. a big deal so I think we, we all, it, like Real Big Fish was no. popular because like it, you, it was going in waves every 10 years and it hasn't been back well I think that's probably because the third wave was so bad that like people were, you know just <laughs> people like us killed it like all these uh, terrible bands people still love I was playing at the Tony Hawk uh, Pro Skater the other night. Sure. And nice. that soundtrack is still amazing. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So we at least, like, at least we were we were cool. Like, we, we were we were sort of trendy, right? Like, <laughs> Okurol. We were Okurol. Yeah. 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 I don't think it was, I mean, it was popular, but it wasn't super mainstream, right? Like, well, um, yeah. I mean, there's like the Mighty Mighty Boston's and stuff that were pretty huge at the time, right? Like they had. They, yeah, they're the. I guess they're the one band that that broke well, through. I, I think Sublime had elements of ska. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah, and they're still yeah. quite popular, I think. Right? I mean, um, among the among the youths, I, I don't know. Uh, no <laughs> doubt, no no doubt was pretty popular, yeah. and they had they had. Well, yeah, uh, they. Uh, turn my phone off. Uh, they had moments uh, of ska. They did, yeah. <clears throat> if I could cut in here for a second, Sam. Yes, go for it. Uh, being in Montreal. Hi, I Doug. Can... I can assure you that the Planet Smashers are still a thing. Oh, I believe it. Yeah, I've actually, I've actually met some of them through how many uh, albums friends and have stuff. they now done? I think probably about nine. Al- I would guess at this point. I don't know, but they huh. have they still have their record label that's going Stomp, full yeah, tilt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's like okay. a whole like a uh, crew of. Uh, I feel like they play uh, every jazz fest. Yeah. Well, I mean, oh, of Doug, course they would. Yeah, Doug. Maybe this is a good question for you because you were in the band at the very beginning, like the very, very beginning, when it was just me and you playing terrible out of tune, like blues songs. When we were still a blues band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a blues band, quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> but but then you you moved away, and then you came back a couple times, and you came on stage with us at shows where we had an unnecessarily large audience. Like, I mean, based on how bad the band was, like, what was your impression of kind of coming back and seeing that Grandpa's Army was this thing that people actually, for some reason, had paid to to go and uh, you know watch live. Um, I don't really remember how many. I don't think I think I came back one the one time. Okay, there are and photos of you being on like stage. A pretty, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like the West End Culture Center. Yeah, 
but yeah the, the, the time I remember more is like the first time we played at the West End Cultural Center and that uh, Hugo who was like the sailing coach was like gonna tune uh, Goldwyn's drums or something I don't remember I this at all I have zero recollection of this yet. you don't remember uh, that? <laughs> who, who, who's Hugo <laughs> he was like a, he was like he was like the sailing coach why was he tuning my drums? Because <laughs> he was like a he's like a really good drummer, and then oh, okay. he, he like, came to see the show. But there wasn't a lot of people at that show. Well, no, <laughs> of course, of course, there wasn't. The but, reoccurring yeah. theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we played shows so often that I feel like it was kind of hard to draw crowds. Yeah, <laughs> every week there's the same five bands playing. Yeah, at the Broadway Neighborhood Center. Yeah. Oh my god, that's right. Yeah. Those shows. Yeah. I swear my hearing has not repaired itself from those shows. No. Because it was so echoey in those basements. Oh yeah. It's so loud. Oh yeah. What's like people who have continued on in bands, because I think some of us have and some of us haven't. We were playing shows like I would say it was you're averaging like at least twice a month or more. It was quite a bit, yeah. Like is that common for unpaid <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, I guess the most boat. We didn't play that much, eh, Goldwyn? Like we, we played no, a bunch of really, shows, no. but not not to that level, for sure. We didn't have as many opportunities to play, though. Maybe we would have if people invited us. That that's but... also true. Yeah. Well, yeah. that was, I think, part of this ska, ska being a big deal. Then, right? Is that like people actually wanted to see it, and, right. and so it was easy to get for a ska band to get invited onto like you know some punk show or uh, or whatever. And that definitely didn't happen with like our other band years later at all. Yeah. Yeah, but like, yeah. What I mean, right. like Doug, you, you're you you played in bands probably more recently than a lot of us. Like, what's uh, what kind of uh, you know, what kind of shows are you doing out there? What kind of shows right now? Yeah, well, not, a... not, not right now, but like, <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I did play a pretty good show recently, though. We played with uh, King Kong and Barbecue. Oh, nice. At uh, this like place in uh, Montreal, but. That was a good show. There's a lot of people there. They have a devoted following. Yeah. Violent, but fairly <laughs> devoted. There's always like people fighting those shows, for some, which is weird because it's like a garage. Yeah. It's rival not band. like metal or anything. Yeah. Yeah. That is really strange. Yeah. But, uh, it's unusual I'm, for their gospel group. Yeah. Yeah. Gospel. Who's a gospel group? <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. Morgan Go just on. killed. Morgan just killed the whole. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get the gospel connection, no. but. Um, but yeah, like I mean, I, yeah. I guess I guess most of us tried tried doing other bands, right? I mean, like, uh, I mean, Johnny, you've been in a lot of bands, kind of over the years since then. And uh, Erica was in the Quiffs, which is still today my favorite Winnipeg band ever. And uh, oh, like, I do that one hundred percent sincerely. I love the Quiffs. I still, I still play the Quiffs on the radio. I still listen to that CD all the regularly. time. It was great. It was, so, like, as far as, as far as I'm concerned, you're the, you've been the most successful like post Grandpa's Army member <laughs> just because your band was so good. But I mean, like, what about the rest of us? Like, James, what have you been up to uh, since you know? Have you done anything musically kind of in the time since? Uh, shortly after Golden and I were were in a band uh, in undergrad. What was in everyone's yeah. band? <laughs> <laughs> no one else plays drums. <laughs> and that was pretty fun. And I actually moved out to Montreal and uh, jammed for a little while with some people out here. But now it's just kind of like poking around on the guitar every once in a while. I haven't really done anything that organized. Yeah. And then Morgan, what about you? Did you have you picked up the trombone at all? Like in the years since? No, I believe I in fact sold that. Okay. Um, okay. Because a piece I was of musical like, history. <laughs> Uh, by sold, I believe I'm in giveaway because I don't think I dented it so many times from either dropping it, kicking it, or doing various improper storage that it was basically scrapped by the end. I'm not sure what it played. 
So uh, yeah, I haven't touched it since then. Have you had Probably any for the best? Have you had any desire to like? I mean, has it? Are you just no. kind of done with music entirely at this point? No, you know what? I, the only thing I I screw around with is on ukuleles now. That's I have cool. a lot more fun than a, than a trombone is day in and day out. Right on. Well, and then Alex, you're doing like uh, some musically musical elements for sure in what you're doing out there in uh, California. Yeah, some stuff. The only like uh, instrument, like I don't play in any bands or anything, but I bought a cajon recently, um, which is like a a box that you sit on and you play. It's a percussive instrument, like those things the hippies uh, sit on in like Osborne Village every every summer, and you know. Yeah, I saw that at a So Far Sounds show, and I was like, okay. Uh, and then this guy that I know that runs like a band room was selling one. Um, but otherwise, I think like the what does that set you back? It was fifty bucks, but like they're normally one hundred and fifty so or one hundred something. Like that. Yeah, I was just um, curious what a, that would cost. I've never even considered that. Um, but I've done this other musical thing here. I'm in San Francisco now, and um, I can tell by the waterfalls behind you. Yeah, you can tell. <laughs> classic California. Yeah. yeah. Um, the water—that's the water from the fires being put out. <laughs> 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 um, but yeah, I do this um, thing where we make up a bunch of fake band names and then we have people that like don't know each other and stuff come up and just pick up instruments and make up a song on the spot. And we did it over Zoom and Goldwyn actually came to the last one. Um, and it was weird. And you get like... It's not a glowing recommendation. For 10, for 10 songs, <laughs> you get one that kind of sounds like maybe a song or something. Yeah. Um, but it's like, it's a fun thing. There's a lot of energy at the live ones. I'm glad, I'm glad to see people are still like, you know, that, that, that being in grandpa's army didn't just kill, you know, fun for all of us. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's weird. I, I like, like someone was saying before, um, you know, about, uh, I think Morgan about running into people who like remember the band that has happened to me a few times recently. And I think it's in part because I'm very actively kind of talking to local musicians like twice a week for eight years now. So people, you know, there's definitely going to be some, some lines crossed where people remember playing a show with us or they were at a show or something, but People seem to remember the band in a positive light, which is always surprising me because, you know, 
I mean, we played some good shows. Like some of the some of the shows that we were videotaped are actually like they're they're pretty good for for by our standards. But like you know, there were a lot of just just really really bad shows. That <laughs> I, I would not have wanted to have seen if I was in the audience. Like they were fun for us, I guess, but they were awful. Like, and I, I think the tightest I think the tightest we ever were might have been at Class Act. I think it was. Oh, I think that was oh. the tightest we ever played. Well, I. I think, I mean, you know, we were always playing these underage shows, right? And, like, the kids in Winnipeg who are underage are looking for something to do, which is why we had, like, underage shows, like, every week. And yeah. so I kind of feel like if you're going to those kinds of shows and that's the age you're in, you probably would have some nostalgia for that, right? And it would make sense oh, that yeah. you remembered us fondly. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird because Winnipeg doesn't really have a ska scene at all at this point. Like, there's been a few bands who have tried to revive it and failed absolutely miserably. Um, but it's, yeah, so I don't I don't think, I think Grandpa's Army, if we didn't continue pushing it like this, would get, like, you know, mercifully forgotten in, in, the, in the, the, the history of Winnipeg music. But, uh, yeah, I, I apparently can't stop uh, bringing it up all the time. <laughs> well, Sam, can I ask, do you know um, about, like kind of our contemporaries at the time like i feel like there were these other bands there were that had older people who like we played with like yeah and and i just have this impression that they kind of hated us because they took it pretty seriously and we didn't um <laughs> yeah do, do you know any of those guys and like what they're up to i i do i mean i know them i know a few of them a little bit um not so much the racketeers but like after grandpa's army i briefly was in the barrymores with jamie cote who was you know yeah. a grandpa's army member oh, yeah. and uh that that started between me and jamie and then dan from the racketeers on guitar we our both our bands had broken up and we wanted to start something new and i quit that like within weeks because i was not into it and i wasn't very good at playing bass but <laughs> but like that was kind of like the first real interaction we'd had other than just saying hello at shows it was like you know because we yeah we assumed that they all kind of hated us because we were obnoxious and and they had matching suits and they were you know music students and most of us were self-taught or you know or worse <laughs> and but uh, i don't know i think that like there's i mean i i, I hear from talk to greg crow every once in a while um and people like that i mean i've had jfk on my show and a lot of these people are still around still doing stuff um but it's uh i i, I don't know if they romanticize the, the winnipeg music scene as much as maybe i do or i do of that era because they were you know a lot of cases they were adults already and they had real jobs and things and maybe we're trying to actually make it as musicians whereas we were just a bunch of teenagers fucking around so like it's well, uh, you, you really dodged the next question I feel I did like, <laughs> 100% <laughs> <laughs> I sidestepped the shit out of it yeah remember there was like a time I think it was you me uh, maybe Golden and Johnny I, I, Johnny was definitely there because of what I'm going to say we went into <laughs> Yamaha Music where Shashi Ramu worked yes yes I remember we were like playing a whole lot of Milka songs on the piano and stuff just, just like see if the guy like, would notice yeah I remember that yeah yeah, yeah. but it's I, I don't know like, I, think, I think the best the best uh, this was like maybe a decade ago but the best answer I've ever had anyone say when they heard I was in Grandpa's Army was I was interviewing I was working for a paper at this point this is when I was still doing print journalism as a day job and I was uh, there was an event being put on by Bacteria Buffet Records which was run by Matt Henderson from RWPO and we were, and JFK was there. So I was interviewing Matt from RWPO and JFK, both of whom were kind of like, you know, big wheels down to the Cracker Factory of the Winnipeg Scott scene at the time. And we started talking about, you know, whatever music things. And I mentioned that I'd been in Grandpa's Army. And, and I think JFK knew that. But, oh, no, sorry, Matt knew that. But JFK looks at me and he said, like, you were part of that? <laughs> it was just, like, the, 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 the level of disgust dripping off his voice was, <laughs> it was, you could, yes. yeah. Yeah, so I think we had some kind of reputation as like, oh, don't play a show with these 
guys are gonna, you know. Yeah. I mean, justifiably, yeah, true, yeah, like, yeah. The, like between the active attempt to sabotage the next band, depending on how long we wanted to stretch the last song, was like the ultimate <laughs> asshole move. Like, let's be real. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was genius, but it was a total asshole move. Yeah, maybe that's why we ended up headlining all of our shows towards the end. It might be. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> I do think is cool and, and this is like you know uh, because of the way the internet is now and everything's documented and everything's like exists somewhere is that every once in a while I'll find something that is related to Grandpa's Army that I didn't hadn't seen before and it seems like that's impossible because you know I have kept all this shit for years yeah, and I keep weird. sharing it and reposting it and stuff but there was a uh, you guys remember some of you will remember this the uh, Heaven and Art show Mm-hmm. We played a show at that bookstore on Corden. It was one of our first ever shows. It was oh, Morgan. Yes. <laughs> I think no, Morgan wasn't there. It was Mark. Mark was the only horn. We no, had. Mark. It was Doug was on bass. I was on guitar. Alex, Johnny, and and Goldwyn. And um, oh, the poetry reading. The poetry reading. And I mean that that <laughs> we have a video of that, and it's absolutely terrible. Like we're so out of tune, and it's one of the worst things I've ever seen in my life. And, and but I found like I don't know where I found this. I stumbled upon some weird internet rabbit hole and I found this whole documentary someone had made about that venue. And apparently it had this like thriving poetry folk scene that we, <laughs> we knew nothing about. And it was like, you know, a really big deal for a lot of people. And then we showed up and just like played this horrible music and, and ruined it. Probably probably ruined a lot of people's nights. And there was some kind of a, a set list 
that was in this documentary and listed all the artists playing artists, quote unquote, playing at that show. And there was, there was grandpa's army and had Alex's old phone number on it. And, uh, <laughs> it was just kind That's of not a, the place behind the ledge. It's this, a different place you're talking about. No, no this was on Corden. The, yeah. the, the McNally Robinson, wasn't it? No, it was, no, like, it was like a sushi joint now or something on Corden. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. uh, okay. you're thinking of rogues gallery. That was rogues gallery. gallery. Yeah. 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 On a Avenue. That was a great place. That was a great venue for shows. I loved playing there. And now that that was like falling down a few years ago. I think they're turning into something now. But uh, I think it turned into a meth. Uh, meth. It, it was uh, a for, meth for sure for a while. Yeah, yeah, definitely, yeah. definitely. So because um, I bike past it every day. Okay, cool. Like to get meth or what? <laughs> well, <laughs> no. Where else would you get my meth? I don't know the location. Um, so since since we're doing like usually I do these Zoom calls with like one on one and it gives you unlimited time. But because I'm cheap and I'm not paying for Pro Zoom, we have like seven minutes left here before it's going to kick us all out of this thing. So. I guess, like, you know, to wrap up, I think it's actually gone fairly well in terms of having a direction, sort of. But, uh, like, what does this kind of... What is your overall feeling about Grandpa's Army? Should I shut up and never mention it again? Should we just, like, you know, leave it uh, untouched and uh, just, like, this weird archive on the internet that, that maybe someone will stumble upon? Or do you think it was important? Do you think it, like, it mattered in some way beyond just a bunch of teenagers having fun? No, I think this is funny. I Maybe we should do this more often. Uh, even just reminiscing, maybe it's just we're getting older and there's a little bit of nostalgia there and makes you smile, but it's, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I'd be down with talking, uh, talking more about this stuff with you guys, even if it's not on this platform, sure, as far as Sam's uh, podcast, but just talking and just, uh, yeah, I mean, those, those are really fun times. I mean, I'm still in the music, I, I'm, I'm in management at Long and McQuaid now, so I'm constantly surrounded by musicians yeah. all the time, but. It's like it's just different. It's you know talking to you guys and just reminiscing about all this is is uh, is pretty awesome and beautiful. It's great. I love. Do it. any of them talk about like a plan to throw cayenne pepper into the audience? <laughs> what? <laughs> Did that happen? No, but we talked about it. We we, we definitely <laughs> talked about it. We <laughs> did throw CDs into an audience. Yes. Okay. Uh, uh, Alex, can you explain the CD thing? Can you explain this? Because like, they weren't real CDs, right? They were just like stuff you tried to burn that didn't work or something. Is that yeah, failed? But, failed I mean, burn CDs. You're tr- or like, partially burned. It was yeah. a time capsule of the late '90s because this is <laughs> you would burn CDs and you would go through potentially like two or three CDs trying to burn copy one CD. So yeah. I had all these like half burnt CDs, and I would just write like. I'd write like Tupac on it or like, you <laughs> yeah. know, like this, this Britney Spears, whatever. I just write like fake album titles on it and then throw them out as if they were our CD also. So people would get hit by a CD, discover it's not any ska music and think, okay, well, maybe I got like a no effects CD or something. And then they bring it home. And it it's work. unplayable. And it, was us. It, was, it was us playing two songs and then the CD failed. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, when I do these podcasts, typically when it's a normal one, I, I talk to the person about their music and what they're actively doing, and then I usually throw in four songs kind of in natural pauses in conversation uh, by that artist on each episode. So if you guys had to pick songs from the Grandpa's Army's uh, really not very large catalog, it's just the same songs over and over and over again, but, like, do you have favorites uh, from... I mean, have you even Clown listened song. to them in 20 years? Nod. Train. Clown song. Clown song. Clown? Oh, Clown, Clown song. Clown song's good, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like Nod. Train is good. I think I'd I go like for train. train as well. Yeah, Train yeah. was like the... the yeah, the Train hit, was right? the classic, yeah. yeah. Classic. Mm-hmm. classic. That's like playing oh, Freebird. And literally the length of Freebird. Yeah. 
Yeah, it could be. It's a times for sure. It could definitely be drawn out to that long. Actually, the one more thing I want to mention is before we uh, before we end this up is like in terms of people discovering Grandpa's Army by accident years later. Uh, at that Heaven and Art show, the the, the book uh, poetry reading show, we did a uh, Sweet Home Manitoba, right? And uh, it's really bad. Like it is. I mean, uh, oh, it's awful. It's it's we're we're all completely out of tune, which which is like not even the worst problem. But uh, it's bad. And and a few years ago, I guess some some pop radio station started a, a advertising campaign called Sweet Home Manitoba. So this video. It, it got like a ton of views and comments, like <laughs> like really negative comments. <laughs> it's so bad. So I think that they were using that to try and get people to go to their own content, but then this this horrible video. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, Alex, you've like forgotten the password to get into that account anyway, right? Yeah, I don't know the password of that YouTube account. So it's it's, it's there forever. Yeah. It's Google buying YouTube, so there's no way to you get it. You'll have to check your old AOL account that you registered it with. AOL. <laughs> it'll, it'll be like Mozilla account or something. Something ridiculous. But yeah, no, I, I like I really appreciate you guys doing this. It's uh, it's always like in this weird time where everyone is stuck at home. It's it's cool to do this anyway. But it's uh, you know, it's especially cool to force a reason for it, like I've been doing with Grandpa's Army for the past two decades, <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> suggesting you know. That maybe it's uh, it's deserving of people to hear. So uh, I'm glad I was in the band with all of you and everyone who's not here. It was a fun time, and uh, yeah, I really appreciate everyone yeah. taking the time to do yeah. this. Because yeah, well, and thanks to Alex for coming up with the idea. This was this was great. This was yeah, thanks, yes. boys. Yeah, yeah, thanks for putting yeah. it yeah, together. Yeah.